Welcome back to Who's Filmography. Is it anyway, folks? Where the points don't matter, but the hockey match do. Um, <laughs> today we go over uh, all of it. We have uh, reached the end of our journey for uh, our Halloween journey of uh, Friday the 13th, the original canon, <clears throat> parts 1 through 10. Um, it has been quite an experience. Um, and there is a lot to talk about. So, um, as always, uh, I'm your host, Joshua Page. And as, uh, as always with me is my co-host and friend, Stephen Molina. We, uh, we did it, man. This was, uh, some wicked wild stuff, bro. I just, yeah. I can't say I'm entirely, uh, sorry that Jason is behind us. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I guess I'm kind of scared Jason is behind us. Yes. So. Um, as as I said, I think it was last week or last recording that um, I think this has been a testament to our relationship. It's okay. <laughs> Next season is going to be a further testament to our relationship. I think it's wonderful. Um, we'll get yes. to that later. Yes, of course. We'll we'll save the good stuff for for after. But um, yes, for for those listening, uh, just to recap, bring everything full circle. Um, this was something we decided together, but I really pushed for Friday the Thirteenth, and we did it. And good Lord. <laughs> Um, I, I'll be honest, I'm not going to uh, cut it, and I think I've said this before, I, I'm not cutting into my final thoughts when I say I've had fun with probably half, if not more than half of these movies. This has been for better or worse, like and in terms of the movies being better, or worse, this has been an extremely entertaining experience, especially having rewatched so many of these movies years after my uh, my run with AMC Fear Fest many years ago um, on edited uh, cable television it's been a <laughs> yeah and i'm quite sure we'll talk about this when we get to uh the awards and categories but some of the worst movies had some of the most memorable moments it has been a wild journey we have seen a lot from the Voorhees family uh the entire bloodline oh not the entire bloodline uh yes. two if well, not uh... we've seen <clears throat> four or five of them yes um, because uh, part nine added a sister uh niece and a great niece or whatever a child of a niece would be is that first cousin i don't think yeah because why not um it's been it's been wild it's been strange it's been violent it's been sexual Um, very sexual very very sexual we are uh yeah we are going to focus on the nitty-gritty of what has made this franchise tick for us uh we have narrowed it all down um to certain categories, like you said, awards um, for the folks at home. And uh, are you uh, ready to get into the awards? Man, I do you want to tell the good people what they are? Sure. Um, for the good people at home, the awards, and the bad people, yeah. and the bad people. You know, we're so we don't judge. We don't judge at all. There's good people. There's bad people. There's kinds of in betweens. To quote uh, Palpatine, "Good is just a point of view." You know? Absolutely. Um, we're big Palpatine fans, except. We didn't Except need him in, in the last one. We didn't need him in that last movie, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> Tune in gonna, next time. Let me be specific here. We're going to open with best Jason look. This uh, character has gone through lots of appearances. So A lot of metamorphosis. Yes. Uh, he has transformed all throughout this franchise. So we're going to give you the best appearance. Uh, what makes Jason Jason? Uh, what is most visually appealing? What makes him the most terrifying? Whatever it is that's What makes him the most sexual? Yeah. <sighs> I like my Jason very sexual. And let me tell you, I know he glossed over it in part 
nine, Jason goes to hell. Not technically part nine, but he crawled up that coochie real nice. (laughs) He crawled up that coochie real good when he was a little rat creature. But also, he when he shaved that man, we didn't talk about um, potentially the most homoerotic moment of of this franchise when he shaves the man's neck uh, before killing him. You know, it's kind of like Jason's a very intimate person, so. We're, We're kind of trying to find uh, Sweeney Todd. Todd. <laughs> he was really getting into it. So we're going to open with best Jason look, best Jason appearance, however you want to dress it up. No pun intended. Um, our second award will be most over-the-top character. For those of you who have been faithful to us, thank you. Uh, you will know that we've come across many wild characters. We're going to go for the most over-the-top. Um, afterward, we will hit the uh best movie kills this is the we will pick we will each pick a film that had the best kills overall um best kill was one of our weekly uh categories and now we're going to narrow it down to which movie had the best kills um <laughs> a, a favorite of of, of stevens and my and myself uh a favorite oh, sorry a favorite of ours uh, that we came, kind of came up with together. One of the first we came up with was Worst Ensemble. We figured beyond all these <laughs> terrible characters, it was time to narrow it down to which film had the worst cast. That was which, literally the first award we came up with. I mean, it just makes the most sense. Um, there are so many. I, I mean, there were t- moments where Stephen and I would text each other and just you know about how absurd what we were watching was um and and most of it was due, a lot of it was due to this this the cast and the characters and so worst ensemble was is a fan favorite for us um it was a had to do we had to and finally we're going to end it with kill um the one that stands out beyond the rest for better or worse uh be it comical or shocking or whatever we will narrow it down in our own way uh, but most outrageous kill will be our finale. So with that said, uh, Stephen, if you'd like to get us started. <laughs> All right. Best Jason look. Uh, I'll be honest. I went with a very literal take on the award. So I'm purely basing this off of look. Correct. And I went with New Blood Part 7. Son of a bitch. Oh, you went with that too? <laughs> It was the first time the director of that movie was a uh, visual effects makeup guy. So he knew how to make Jason look the right kind of disgusting. And the point that he was trying to drive at was that he wanted to show all the blows Jason had taken thus far. And it really showed. And it was a huge step up from the hay mask that he was wearing in part two. Uh, so that's my choice. And it sounds like Josh has the same, uh... Well, I won't spoil, although my comments earlier obviously gave it away, but <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned the hay mask because my runner-runner-up, I took, just mind me for a moment, my runner-runner-up was part two with the bag over the head, played by Steve Dash, because it's a very unique look, uh, as referenced in one of the, in the part two we talk about part two um the bag over the head is uh you know it, it's part homage to the town that dreaded sundown a film that had come out earlier um but i really admire it it's a real redneck kind of thing it's he's got the plaid shirt and he's just 
like you said, based on look alone, I think it's kind of creepy. He's got just the one eye hole. Um, I but see. My, I see your eye hole. <laughs> my real runner-up would be um, part six, played by C.J. Graham, where uh, Jason lives, where Jason is zombified for the first time. He's all dirty and muddy and full of worms and stuff, and they made him look gross. Um, it was cool because it was the first time the franchise was like, hey, we've killed him and brought him back enough times that let's just make him a zombie already. And it was like, they really ran with the look, and it worked for the most part. Um, went with the new Blood, part seven, uh, first appearance by Kane Hodder. Um, the whole notion, like you had said, Stephen, of um, making him more beat up, Jason, who has taken all the blows, to see that, and to, it's because I hadn't known that knowledge when I was watching but I had made a note of how good he looked and how, how sexual he looked. Um, I had made a note of how um, it was really the most terrifying Jason had looked to me of the entire franchise thus far. Uh, there was that handicam chase where I had picked his best chase. It was early on in the movie. They're chasing some girl's boyfriend. And uh, it looked just walking up. I know it was the way it was filmed, but just the way he looked, it was good. It was menacing. It worked for me. Um, so part, part seven, the new blood it is that we uh, agree on. Um, then what's your most over the top character? I'm going to try and um, I'm going to go through this quick. I'm going to have to, but go for my it. couple runner ups here, Shelly from part three, the prankster. Uh, he's got the curly hair. He's the one who keeps faking his death. Yep. Um, Shot by a harpoon gun. No, he had the harpoon gun. No, he got his neck sliced, but like he, yeah, he faked, was uh, he the one who gave Jason the mask. Correct. So, um, yeah, he was like the prankster, a very over the top character. Um, <laughs> Duke was a runner up. Um, as we talked about, those who joined us last episode, um, Duke was the must wear cow, a cowboy hat, cowboy character, uh, not played by Tony Todd, played very. Uh, hammed up very much to hell um the bounty hunter tracking jason i can't emphasize enough how absurd this character is uh if you want to hear more tune into the last episode um the another runner-up is <laughs> reggie's cousin from part five the um um, the one who has to shit in the outhouse really badly. Reggie has to take a dump real bad. It's just one of his only moments. That's why he's a runner-up. He's an outrageous character. Feels like an extra on a Michael Jackson video. Like he came, walked off Thriller, and they're like, "Listen, we're not giving this kid the part. He's too crazy." Uh, outhouse kill. Uh, he's a bananas character. But my most over-the-top character um, has to be a tie uh, between Ju uh, Junior and Ethel in Part Five. Junior. Um, those who listened last time, you don't have to hear me go into it, but these are the, these are the redneck mother and son characters from a new beginning. Um, and I just can't, I, they've never left my, <laughs> they've never really left my mind in this whole franchise because I see this, them talking, just, just foul mouthing to each other. And then just seeing that shot of junior and he's on the bike and he's screaming right before he gets beheaded and them talking just so inbred and i, I don't know each what was uh, i had one, they had one of my best quotes eat your fucking slop yeah um good dildo yeah dildo big dildo or whatever it was it was outrageous um i couldn't get over them there were many runner-ups that i wanted to have but yep. I, I narrowed it down to those folks i narrowed it down 
and you covered most of them. Duke is on my short list, and Ethel and Junior. Junior? <laughs> Junior? That's his name. Henry <laughs> Jones Junior. Um, but the one that I, you didn't cover, and I'm shocked, was uh, the... I, I, don't, I forgot his name, but the Chocolate Man from the beginning of Part 5. I just think... Josh and I talked about this guy in part five, but he wrote the carnal rule <laughs> of acting that Robert Downey Jr. put in place in Tropic Thunder. You know, you just never go full R word. And this guy truly goes for it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm only laughing because I had him written down and I was like, you know what? I already have two characters from part five. Let me just not mention but I but I noted as the messy eater <laughs> messy eater the chocolate man the cho- chocolate, chocolate. Hold, on hold on one second I have it here Joey Joey yeah Joey I wrote Joey slash the messy eater um <laughs> I'm sorry the only reason like I said the only reason I didn't add it was, I was like I can't be doing part five this dirty even though we'll get to all that at the end but it's um i that between that him <laughs> walking up to the girls smearing chocolate everywhere like i will we'll keep saying i mean just for those who have been listening the part five episode we'll dive we dive all into the thoughts of it but between that and the way he that character gets axed literally um that's a it's a really <laughs> it's an outrageous character ridiculous what's uh what's your best kill oh. overall um so again uh runner-ups i have the film in which had the wait a minute best yeah, killer the no best movie kills with, overall sorry i just want to make sure we're clear for the for the folks at home so the, uh, the yeah. the film i think went the the best kills runner-up uh i said part four uh the final chapter uh yeah the hacksaw to the neck with the doctor the corkscrew to the hand with the crispin glover um the guy stamped through the projector, um, Tommy at the end, um, parts seven, the new blood was a runner up, the sleeping bag, the chainsaw, uh, the chainsaw pole, the party horn slash noisemaker, um, Classic. very memorable kills, but overall I had to give it to part three in 3d, um, and the crushed head with the eyeball pop, the, the machete to the crotch with the guy doing the handstand, um, Tommy Chong being thrown into the fuse box was not actually Tommy how I <laughs> really how I recognize the character um and of course Jason with the spear gun on the uh, the girl on the dock the first appearance with the mask um that was mine that was uh part three is mine best uh movie with the overall movie with the best overall kills yeah uh for my overall kills I went with part four um I everything you listed is you know i i don't need to i didn't mean to say exactly what you said but i i'll just add the one that you didn't say jason i mean obviously he didn't die but the blade literally going through his head was just brutal and it was so good good yeah uh so let's get into worst ensemble i think (laughs) that this is a no-brainer to be honest and i would be Um, shocked if you and i did not have the same one I feel like we got to have the same number one. I got a couple of runner-ups, but I, 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 
No, Based number on, one was obvious to me, but yeah, part five. Uh, Joey the Chocolate Man, Ethel <laughs> and Junior, uh, that crazy guy who kills Joey in the beginning, uh, Tommy, Pam, all like all that. It was it was crazy. I. I think Reggie and his that was the one with Reggie and Reggie's Reggie cousin. and Reggie's cousin and Reggie's cousin's girlfriend. <laughs> it just had wild characters and none of them were acted well. So, so um, that is my worst ensemble. Um, so in a shocking turn of events, I actually have a different answer. Oh, um, really? What yeah, this? that part five was the runner-up. My my actual answer is Jason goes to hell. Wow. Um, everything between Duke. Um, the waitress, uh, everyone who owned the diner. Joey um, B. The, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was, um, yeah, yeah, all the waitresses there. Um, between even even the SWAT, the FBI team, SWAT team, and, and all the characters, um, uh, like we had said, even the main character, Steven, no disrespect, um, you know, him being a creeper early and then, you know, being who he was later. Um, the characters weren't, the characters weren't as outright obnoxious as part five, but they, it was one of the few, well, I was going to say it's one of the few movies that we've watched this franchise that I, I couldn't think of a single likable character. But then again, I mean, with part five, they at least have their version of Tommy and they have a couple, you know, forgettable teens, but it's, I, I don't know. I just, I kept coming back to Jason goes to hell. Cause I, it was really like, I'm trying to hold on to at least one of the characters, and I just couldn't. Um, yeah, that's a good runner-up for me. But part five still takes the cake. I mean, yeah, like you said, with Joey the messy eater, and <laughs> with with Ethel and and Junior, Junior alone, good grief! I mean, <laughs> Junior. All right, so most outrageous kill. What do you got? Um. Okay. So I've got um. This was yeah. actually the most difficult award for me. Oh, of course, because they were... There were kills. so many. This was the most difficult for me to really narrow it down. Um, they could really... These are kind of all interchangeable for me. Um, but I digress. Um, shit. Yeah, no, I'm just looking at them. I'm a one of them. No, you know what? I'm just going to do it. it. I believe in you. I believe in you. Bye-bye. Um... I'm going to go with – all right, so a couple of runner-ups. Part six, the uh, RV face smash. Um, Jason takes one. the woman's head, puts her face into the RV, and you see the shape of her face on the other side. Very outrageous. Um, very sexual. Yeah. Very sexual. Uh, part three, the eyeball uh, head crush. I bring it up often. I was just so outrageous. You see the puppet head, and the eyeball hits the screen, you know, like a 3D. Um Part seven was a runner-up. <laughs> and the, then the uh, bum holds up the eyeball. To the so, What's this? <laughs> oh, you're all going to die. You're all doomed. doomed. Uh, part seven was a runner-up with the kazoo slash party horn slash noisemaker. That sound it made. It's almost like at that point, uh, Jason Lives part six was like, hey, we're going to do comedy. So it's like part seven kind of ran with it a little bit. Um, not as much as part eight. Uh, my most outrageous kill, the number one for me, um, has to go to Jason himself being mowed down slash uh, be, uh, exploding in the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell. 
Um, as we, as Stephen and I spoke about for the people at home last week, um, it there's this absurd opening scene where they set it up like a standard Friday the Thirteenth film. He's chasing a girl. Um, she comes out ha- of the shower. She comes out of the shower. Or whatever. And then she they, just runs. They they lure. She lures him into a trap because she's like working with the FBI and she like high fives them and she's got her towel on. Like, hey, great acting. But basically, they come. <laughs> they trap Jason where they set up all these giant floodlights and they blaze him down. They like completely mow him down and it's this long sequence where they're just shooting at him and then finally they're throwing grenades and explosive and his whole body explodes and the head is flying and there's fire everywhere and it's ricocheting off the machete it's it's one of the most absurd moments of this entire franchise uh but as far as deaths go i thought jason himself getting another fake death um i couldn't get past it i it always came it came to mind at the end that's where we met number one but Tell the, tell the folks at home. Uh, Again, I focused on the word outrageous for this category. So uh, my runner-up, I only have two. My runner-up is uh, the father who dies on the docks in part seven. <laughs> <laughs> just because it was horrible. It was just so stupid. This girl is like, I want you to die, daddy. Daddy, die. No. And then the day the deck comes crumbling on this father, and she's like, "No, I don't mean it." That's a it good was ridiculous. That's uh, a good. That's what I'm saying. It was just so outrageous. Through her telekinetic power, she kills her father, who later reemerges to kill Jason. Ridiculous. Oh, that's but good, man. Again, I got for most outrageous kill. Again, this guy is sweeping at these awards. It's got to go to Joey's death in the beginning of part five, just because it is outrageous it, it, it was not a jason kill but that was not stipulated um this guy is just chopping wood and joey comes up to him with his chocolatey fingers it's like hey can i help you're not like the others i'll let and he just this guy takes the axe in the middle of broad daylight witnesses all about and kills joey and you're just like what is going on right now and that's what as we've said in the episode that's what that's in the opening 10 minutes of the movie that is literally within the first 10 minutes of the movie it's, it's so early on <laughs> and it's outrageous so it wins the it wins joey has been sweeping i just joey's good man i just, i didn't even think about oh because we came back to him a lot in that episode, and I was like, I can't do this to this guy. But man, uh, but the guy chopping wood, he's so angry. And like, I remember, just to hark back on a moment we talked about during the episode, this <laughs> Joey's... <laughs> so sorry. Joey's only characteristic because he's alive for so long is that he has chocolate on his fingers he's a i literally just dubbed him as joey slash messy messy eater because he gets he gets killed off so early he has this very glorified moment of time where he has he's only known for one thing it's just eating chocolate yeah and back at home they call him joey chocolate fingers hey this guy joey chocolate fingers you don't want to get in his way and the fact that he pisses off this man who's angrily chopping wood and the guy just screams and he hacks him in the back and i remember just thinking i was like this can't be real this has to be a dream sequence and it keeps going and i was like there's no and way. then you never see 
either one of those characters <laughs> for the rest of the film. And it's barely mentioned. Like, one of them comes in when they're eating breakfast, and they're like, Joey's dead. And they're like, no. And it's bananas because it's like, how is this happening so early on in one of these movies? Jason's not even around. And there's already mayhem, and it's out, and there's chocolate everywhere, and there's just you know, chocolate. Um, I always hated it. I um, remember when they first invented chocolate. <laughs> I was hated it. Um, it's a great note to go out on that category. That's um, amazing that you came. So back then, let's go into sweeping. the ranking. Um, As right, always, so, Josh will do his ten through six. I will do my ten through six. Then Josh will do his five through two. I will do my five through two, and we will share our number ones. All right, Stephen, my number ten, the bottom of the barrel. Uh, again, I feel like it was inevitable for me. Uh, would be Jason goes to hell. Um, I did not think it would be after the clear choices you and I have, because you and I are very much so on the same page with a lot of this stuff. But um, it felt like. I kind of had a cemented answer until I watched this movie and I'm not going to talk about it. Good God is really a Jason movie without Jason. Um, and it is so chaotic and sloppy and violent and out, outrageous and unnecessary. And it's not like, it's, it's, it's amazing that it doesn't quite feel like um, the gas leak year. Uh, not quite like a, com a community like, Oh, we can just write this one off. Like you kind of, need it but like at the same time it's so it's so irrelevant and so outrageous that i don't know i i can't we did a whole hour on it last week so um uh, good god i'm gonna just leave it there that's all i'll say it, it's it's arguably the only friday the 13th movie they could probably you could probably turn someone off to any of the other movies by showing them that one <laughs> i agree uh it i'll get to that later Yes, inevitably, my number nine goes to part five, A New Beginning. Um, you and I have had some laughs even just, just before about this, but it's kind of like, this is one of those movies that's like, yeah, it's like the room territory where it's like, it's so bad, it's funny, especially with Joey, but really like, maybe this is too bold, but once Joey dies, that's kind of the moment that this movie kind of dies because like, you're relying on laughs for entertainment. This is the film where Jason isn't even in the killer, right? Jason's yeah. not even he the killer. He's not even in the movie. So Jason, you see, even though you see a, ma uh, a, a hockey mask killer, it's not even Jason. And aside from Junior and Ethel, you know, giving you the, the laughs because they're these inbred characters and Reggie and Reggie's cousin. Like, this is a movie It's not obviously not intended to be funny, and it is. Um, we talked to Steve and I talked a lot about how this is very eighties smack in the middle of the decade, 1985 filled with Coke and tits. Oh my God. I'm sorry. You know, it just came to mind uh, in part five, the guy yeah. who does the Coke. What, what was that stupid line? He says, <laughs> Remember? Um, something the, about snow, snow the, storm or something. The snowy mountains. Luck, luckily I have, um, it is. All right. And the forecast is, Cloudy in the mountains, sunny in the valleys, and snow flowers up your nose. And then he does a line. Um, it is a very 80s very movie. Um, part five is outrageous and it's bad and it's funny bad, but it's not entirely worth getting a crowd together like 
like, hey, this is like so bad, it's good. It's like, it's, it, don't get me wrong. Like there are, it's filled with unintentionally funny moments that are worthy, but not for an entire runtime length. Um, and so I had to give it the number nine spot because Jason Goes to Hell is almost unwatchable in my opinion. Uh, my number eight um, would have to be part seven, The New Blood. Um, it's ironic that I picked this uh, consider as lower to the list to me. Um, this was Kane Hodder's first appearance. This was my top Jason look uh, pick. Um, there are there's a there are, there's a lot I like about the new blood. Uh, we had discussed in our, our episode about it. Um, the production value had kind of gone up a lot. Budget had gone up, and they seemed like they were doing a lot of great things with it. Um, I even like the Tina character. You want to get throw a Tina. Uh, telekinetic girl in there, make her a carry for the Friday Thirteenth franchise. Fine, I don't. I'm not against it. I liked her. I liked the actress. I liked the production value. I liked the makeup. I liked Jason's revealing of the face and the house at the end. I think there were a lot of great moments. They lost me with almost all the characters. Everyone except for Tina, uh, especially her terrible therapist. They were all horrible. They were. It was honestly the most forgettable. It was really something. Um, and it was honestly the most forgettable ensemble to me. Not the worst ensemble, but the most forgettable, which for me is kind of worse. No, that's like a good way of putting it. I might um, steal that line in a couple minutes. No, it's fine. Uh, it's it's just like, I, I really want to respect this movie because it went in a different direction. Tina's a telekinetic character going up against Jason Voorhees, and then it ends with her undead father who 30, whatever, 20 years later looks exactly the same, but as we had discussed in our episode... Uh, is this the act the same actor with not in zombified makeup so the audience would recognize him uh, pulling Jason down back to his grave I respected the movie a lot but I really can't get behind it because the production value is clashing with everything else going on and we've hit that problem a couple times with a couple Friday films um, but I digress um, part seven the new blood is my number eight my number seven um, so these can, next two are kind of interchangeable, but I'm going to stand by it. My number say, my number AKA part 10, um, when they go to space, this is perhaps one of the most entertaining, uh, Friday movies of the entire franchise. I would never once was bored during this movie, which I can't say about all these movies. Um, between them going to space um, doing what they did with freezing Jason and bringing him back and having, tr I, I had said in the episode, it's tr it, the movie is treated a lot like an early 2000s shitty sci-fi flick. It's got a lot of, tr of tropes of like, you know, uh, like W kind of uh, soapy kind of drama, but it's like, it's also meshed with this really outrageous um you know, crazy horror that at this point in the franchise doesn't really work. It doesn't really, and it doesn't work in a bad way. It's just like you're, it does, this is, it, it doesn't feel like a Friday the 13th movie at all. Of any, of any of the movies we watched, even beyond Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X does not feel like a Friday the 13th movie. But that's also to its benefit because it's the most different of any of the movies we've watched. It's entertaining. And so I have to give it benefit of the doubt. They have the ridiculous chick with the black leather. We said with... <laughs> You made the great reference um, that it felt like a Charlie's Angels sequence, uh, Charlie's Angels 2000 
specifically, you know, um, the chick, the robot chick fighting Jason. It was ridiculous. And um, I was into it. I didn't, it's not good, but I was into it. Very entertaining. Jason X um, is my number seven. And finally, for my number six, um, I'm going to go with part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, Steven and I were both on the same page as clearly many of the people involved in the production process were. Um, this is a movie that suffers due to its not promising on the title. Uh, Jason's only in Manhattan for the final act. Most of this is Apparently. Jason on a <laughs> literally. Uh, most of this movie is Jason on a cruise, killing people on a cruise, and that's where the movie is the strongest. The final act has great moments, but it's kind of like it doesn't know what it wants to be at that point. Um, it's an incredibly entertaining movie, um, but it still suffers because it's still trying to take the franchise in new directions. It doesn't always work, um, but I mean, it's entertaining. Um, I mean, I can't knock it. It's Jason. It's called Jason Takes Manhattan. The franchise has already become self-aware. It's already getting stupid on purpose. Um, uh, you know, Jason's body's resurrected because it's electrocuted. Um, <laughs> by a wire hooked up to the boat that's rocking because two um two teens are having uh uh what do they say in part 10 um premarital sex um that's my number six jason takes manhattan Stephen, please take it away good list good list a thank little you, different than you. mine thank you that's fine so but uh not completely off my number 10 is also jason goes to hell the final friday if I could just put it in one word, this movie was boring. I watched it and was bored the entire time. I did not give a shit about anything that was happening. The characters were so ridiculous that they did that they didn't even pull me in. There was no attempt. I just felt that this movie was flat the entire time. It was the worst of the bunch. And that's saying a lot because a number nine, like Josh, is part five, a new beginning. We're laughing at this movie, but not in any good ways. It's just that ridiculous. Where a lot of these movies are able to like teeter a line of like fun and stupid, this movie just falls flat on its face into the stupid territory. And I am laughing at this movie, not with it. Uh, number eight is actually Friday the 13th part two. I know it's very low, and most people are going to be angry because it's that low, but this is my list, so suck it. Um, I think that this movie is not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I also think that it had not found its bearings by this point. Uh, my number seven is New Blood, part seven. Like Josh, I respect the prosthetics and the work that went into that, but... Unlike Josh, I did not care for Tina. I thought she was overacting and the telekinetic powers were just very strange to me. Uh, and like Josh, none of the other characters were interesting at all. Dr. Cruz was a fucking asshole and he just, I wanted to fucking punch him in the face. And then the mother, I was just like, why are you trust? Are you sleeping with Dr. Cruz? Like, what is going on here? There's a lot of sexual tension there. It was weird. 
And then there was the bitch with the pearl necklace from her uncle, which I assume is a euphemism. And it was just like, whatever. Um, then number six was actually number six, Jason Lives. I think that it is a fine movie. It is definitely very classic. You know, it. this movie is, I'm trying to think how to phrase it. If you were to make just like, what people think Friday the 13th is, this is what it would be. But because it is so mediocre, it falls toward the middle of the list. Because it's just Jason classic. He's brought back to life by thunder. uh, Sorry, by lightning, which is cool. And he's hunting down a camp. It it literally sets the template for the next couple movies. I just have more fun with the next couple movies. So that's my top six. That's good. What is your number five? Um, so we'll just roll right into it um, to segue. Uh, my, my number five is Jason Lives, part six. Um, you, you said a great thing just now that it's the movie, the Friday movie that people think they want to see, or it's the one that like, when you think Friday the 13th and why it's so entertaining and so much fun, this is the movie that comes to mind. When I recommend a Friday the 13th movie to people who have never seen any of the movies who were like to get them into it, this is one of the ones I'd recommend just because it's like, it has that crazy mix of it's horror, but it's stupid and it's funny. Um, and it's outrageous and it's memorable. Um, I actually think the movie has a very strange way of kind of losing steam in the final act. There's something to the credibility of this movie. It's very theatrical and it, it's arguably the, the most blockbuster feeling in terms of its characters acting heroic and racing against the clock to do a certain act against a certain villain while there's certain obstacles in a way and the way it's presented and that there's all the children at the end and that they have to protect the children at their camp and then they have to sink Jason and there's a fire on the lake. Like it feels very big and it's fun. Um, like Stephen had said, it's for as fun as it is, it's, there's a lot of um, mediocrity to it. Um, I think it's the first time the franchise really decides to have fun. Um, as we had said in our episode, the director wanted to make it, that way on purpose they wanted to add jokes they wanted to make it self-aware um <laughs> i had made said in the episode there's a lot of jason marching around between scenes um you just know he's coming his presence is very felt um i had made this uh, a note that zombified is one of my favorite jasons in terms of appearance um i'm a fan and yet it's interesting that you know what he would just what what steven had just said uh I had more fun with the the films after this one. Um, so with that, my number five, part six, Jason Lives. My number four is actually going to be the original. Um, this, the next four for me are kind of a toss up as by as tradition with the other uh, shows we've done. Um, it is very hard uh, to, to rank these. Uh, part of uh, Stephen's relationship comes from the fact that we <laughs> have trouble objectively ranking anything in terms of movies because it's very hard once you narrow down a top ten. Like, why is why why do you 
why is this your top 10 or your top five and how did you get there? And it's kind of like, for me, I've like written off over the years. I've been able to write off like, oh, it's just, these are interchangeable because like, I feel like they're that neck and neck. And so these next ones I feel are very close, but I went with the original for part, uh, for my, my number four. Uh, the original is the one that started it all. The only reason, the only real reason it's not at number one is because um, the kills and the characters are kind of just, they're, it's not that they're not good, but they're kind of just there. They're setting the tone for everything that come afterward. Or they're setting the tone for everything up until really part six when, the, like I, I just said, everything becomes more entertaining and fun. Um, the original's admirable because they outright were like, yeah, we're aping off of what Halloween did in 1978. And this is two years later. And the fact that they went for a twist with the end, you know, you think you're watching a, a killer that society has been, has engraved Jason Voorhees, the hockey mask killer. And it's his mom. It's, um, you spoiler know, it's, alert. spoiler alert. Who's <laughs> at home. Um, you know, she's the cook for Camp Crystal Lake or whatever. And it's, uh, and it's it's a, it's a trope that would go on to like be as well known as the franchise itself, um, and even like aped and 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 uh, spoofed not spoofed but it's like kind of it's mimicked in in the franchise. They reference it directly in Scream Two. I mean, it's just they address it directly in Scream One. That's the I mean, question the killer asks on the phone. Right, exactly. It's one of the opening bits. Um, it's one it's become a trope in horror movies itself so i can't deny that the legacy part when it's created it's the reason steven and i are here um doing this specific uh show for friday the 13th i love it i just um the sequels actually did it um more for me um especially the following three which i'll just dive right into it my number three is part four the final chapter um Arguably, uh, I feel objectively the best Friday the 13th movie. It's like if you were to put on paper, why is this the best Friday the 13th movie? Part four really has it all. It, they have the best characters. I think it's part of what does it. Sure, they're not they're just as forgettable as many of the others, but unlike what I said about part seven, uh, The New Blood, these characters aren't necessarily forgettable. Um, you know, you look at Crispin Glover, um, you look at, um, oh, I know I said forgettable, I'm forgetting his name. Sorry, Corey Feldman. I'm, uh, Tommy. So, you know, thinking about unforgettable characters, you know, look at Crispin Glover's character and you, and, and, uh, Corey Feldman as Tommy at the introduction and, and his sister, um, and it's kind of just, um, the characters are really well-rounded, but also, um, the kills are pretty good, but it's also just the atmosphere of it. They were kind of just, they were doing something more with the story. I think at the time they were making it, calling it the final chapter, they really wanted to put some work into it. So it's kind of like, yeah, you, you reintroduce the legacy of Jason, but also you want to bring up this idea that like, hey, he's still out there and there needs to be an end. And it's for them at the time for wanting to put an end to it. They actually have the climax. The entire third act of this movie is pretty incredible for me in a cheesy 80s slasher way. Um, there's the big reveal where Tommy's sister uh, is running through the house and sees all the dead bodies. Uh, as we had, Stephen and I had said in our episode, Jason is very quick. Very, um, quick. very, 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 
What a spry young man. He's so spry, and he sets up all these corpses um, neatly displayed, as he would later do in other movies. Um, It's just a very climactic finale, and I think it really boils down to one of the best endings of any Friday the 13th movie. I mean, with Tommy in his big moment, shaving the head, and tricking Jason into, you know, his hole. Die, And she's, you know, Tommy Ball just screaming, die with the machete. It's, It's outrageous, but it works. I love it. As we said, Tom Savini's makeup for Jason's mutilated face. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, so that's my that's my number three, the final chapter. <clears throat> Here's where things are going to get hairy. And I guess this is a spoiler for you, although I have a good, good feeling about this. But my number two <laughs> is actually going to be part two. Wow. You and I are probably in similar playing fields. But my the, my part two is that it's the first time – Jason is uh, the Jason. His Jason is revealed. It's the first time Jason makes a name for himself. I know you had just uh, or you were talking mad shit before, and that's fine. The whole point of this is yeah, when I agree about a lot of stuff, which is why this show works for us. But also agree to disagree. Part two was actually fighting for the number one spot for a long time. Wow. Um, everything about it embraces. So here's my thing, right? So hear me out for a second. I'm hearing you out for more than one second. Absolutely. It's going to take me like hopefully just a minute. Do it, man. Part two for me is that sweet spot between like everything that the first one did in like we're trying to be kind of a serious slasher. It's got some gory deaths. And yet there are these flashes of like it's also a silly, campy slasher like when we were talking about best chase and the deputy running through the woods for like four minutes straight, he's just skipping through the woods. <laughs> I forget. You know what I'm talking about? That. I know exactly like, what you're talking about. And it's just, and it's a great scene because he's chasing the, at that time, it's just the sack, uh, the, the yeah, sack, sack head killer. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. You know, he's chasing the, 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 he's chasing Jason and he's skipping through the woods and you never see Jason. He runs the bag. He's a bagged man at that point. He runs through the woods and the deputy's running through the woods and he's skipping. And it's just, it's very funny. And you're kind of like, for me, it was very funny because it just keeps going. Um, Friday the 13th part two has um, the death of the, of, I don't know, I think his name is Mark, the guy in the wheelchair. They yeah. give him the machete to the face and then they show him stumbling down all the stairs. Um, it is, it has that iconic campfire story where they're talking about the legend of Jason Voorhees, which as you and I had said, you had agreed. I think you said it first in that episode that the, the first film should have had that dialogue because it sets up Jason as the killer, because if they had to put that dialogue in part one and it's revealed to be his mom, it would have been a better twist because you expect it to be Jason and it's not. Uh, part one and two go very well together. They go hand in hand almost. You could almost watch them back to back and it's kind of like one complete story. Um, even though it's That's not, it's, it still has a character jumping out at the end. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, that, it's that perfect moment where I'm like, okay, this is fun. Let's keep doing this. Where with Friday the 13th part one, Mrs. Pamela Voorhees gets beheaded and then uh, you know, uh, it, it ends with that canoe and and mutilated Jason, boy Jason, jumps out, pulls the girl down in slow motion. Boy Jason. And it kind of ends, and in my mind, I'm like, all right, 
I don't really need to see more. Where with Friday the 13th Part 2, it ends kind of like, all right, you want to you want to keep doing this. You want to keep having mutilated characters jumping out from behind the walls or out of wherever, and you want to like keep showing me more kills. Like it's the one that kind of set it, the franchise off for me. It kind of like ignited the flame. Uh, part one is a pretty decent like B movie deep slasher on its own, but part two is the one that makes me want to keep going. It's the first Jason that begged head of his. Um, and I'm going to roll with it. That's my number two. And you're going to take it. You're about to be shocked by my Ooh. list more than I think I'm shocked Ooh. by your list. You dollops. Uh, a little dollop of Doomfish. <laughs> Please, tell the good people at home. So number five through two. Number five is Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, like I said during the podcast, this movie was fun. Sure, it was misnamed, but if you look past the name, which I'm willing to do, it's a fun adventure on a boat, you know, lots of interesting kills, terror, like over the top characters, including the teacher who was like, just so over the top. It was ridiculous and hilarious. (laughs) Um, The dog just appearing and disappearing at willy nilly. It was, (laughs) you know, we're taking logic out of it all, but I think it was a fun movie. And it was, as brief as it was, it was nice to see 1989 Manhattan for a little brief period. Mm-hmm. My number four is Jason X. Um, again, I just think it was a fun movie. I, and I think it knows exactly what it is. And you could tell because of the LUT that was added to the, sorry, for those who don't know, the LUT is the color space and the way it's colored um just the way that they made it look like a dvd movie i i feel like they knew exactly what it was and they just had fun with it and uber jason was ridiculous the battle between k and jason was hilarious it was so yeah so i don't care if it was over the top and derivative of alien at certain points it was if i'm gonna like watch a stupid Jason movie, that would be almost at the top of my list. In fact, I can tell you it is at the top of my list. Um, at number three, I'm going with Friday the 13th Part 3. Um, 3D. Uh, so I think that this movie, again, was a lot of fun. That's why it's at number three. Um, and this is the first movie that truly knew what Friday the 13th was. And you got to give it props because it was the first Friday the 13th movie to give Jason the mask. When it comes down to it, I, it's just that the other two that are ahead of it were, in my opinion, I, I, I just, they either have a better legacy or actually both of them have a better legacy of what it means for the overall arc. But that's why number three is at number three. I again it's fun and they knew it exactly at that moment what jason could and would be uh number two i went with friday the 13th part four the final chapter i'm gonna watch friday the 13th part four almost as if that really is the final chapter and everything else that comes after it is like delusions in tommy's head delusions delusions <laughs> I don't know if anyone has seen 
uh, dimple all the time yet. That's a great way of putting it. But I, Jason sure looked dead to me in that one. Um, I just think that it went short. It didn't stick the landing 100%, but it went to dark psychological uh, thing levels that the other movies don't even try and broach. Uh, it start, obviously, it starts in the morgue with you know, that weirdo who gets off with, by fucking corpses, which do you want to hear a funny thing that I, I, always, I figured out? I always do. I'm not the only one who figured it out, but the doctor in the morgue, that guy is in Seinfeld. He's the rabbi from Seinfeld, the one who no. tells Elaine secrets. No. On TV, yeah. Um, wait, which wait, which guy? What? Which guy A- in Axel, the doctor who gets off in the morgue, but the with one the that you and I picked videos. as our, our our creepy worst character for that movie. Yeah, he gets off by watching exercise videos in the morgue. Um, that's the rabbi from Seinfeld. The one who tells Elaine secrets and talks like this. I but kind of that actually blows my mind that right? that's, that's who that character is. But that I is would... my number two. As always, wow. Josh. It is. <laughs> you Holy me. smokes. No, I know it is. I just had to see it for myself. It's literally Oh my god. Um, sorry, you were saying it. As always, why don't we run down our lists one more time before we get to our number ones, just so everyone is clear on what they are. Yes. Uh, I'll go first. My number 10 is Jason Goes to Hell. Number 9 is Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Number 8 is Friday the 13th Part 2. Number 7 is Friday the 13th uh, Part 7, New Blood. Number 6 is Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Part 5, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Number 4, Jason X. Number 3, Friday the 13th, part three. Part, number two, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. That's yes. a good rundown, Stephen. That's that a good, good That's a good, good rundown. Um, for the folks at home, my number 10 is Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. My number nine, part five, a new beginning. My number eight, part seven, new blood. The new blood. <laughs> my uh number seven is jason x number six part eight jason takes manhattan number five part four uh sorry my number five part six jason lives number four is part one the original uh my my number three is part four the final chapter my number two is part two and uh, I'm assuming that's the segue into my uh, number one. Since I'm Numero starting us off. Uno. Um, for those who have not joined us in the past, uh, we like to spoil our audiences, giving them the tension build to our number ones as they can figure it out for themselves. But <laughs> I see you shiver with anticipation. <laughs> Incredible. Not that uh, we're giving picks of the weeks this week, absolute. but that was a, that's a good one. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'll throw it out there if you want, but we'll, we'll let's get to the end when we get to the end. Yeah. Uh, my number one is part three, 
Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. But you um, gotta watch it in 3D. It's you gotta watch it in 3D. Um, what can be said about Friday the 13th Part 3? You can say Joe's not, not in it. Already been said. Um, you could say Joey's not in it. I don't um, think anyone's ever said that. No, Steve. Stephen and I made um, a lot of comments about part three. Um, it's very. So here's my thing, right? So with part three, they kind of reach this sweet spot, like I had just said for. Um, what I had said for part two, it's the sweet spot, you know, between what trying to be good and trying to be bad or ridiculous. But part three is for me in hindsight, especially after having rewatched all these back to back to back, it is part three. It for me is the one that's kind of the closest to the room in the sense that it's the most rewatchable in the comical sense. Um, The fact that they, presented a horror movie in 3d as a gimmick in the 80s it's like it's a big gimmick like that's like it's so gimmicky especially for its era that it works with the campy nature of right the 13th oh no pun intended no pun intended the camp uh but the the fact that it's in 3d is like already absurd it's almost like someone got early wind and i'm not calling them geniuses it's almost like they got early wind that's like hey this is absurd let's give it to them in 3d and at the end of the day the movie's incredibly bland and mediocre but that's also part of the fun um and i talked about in our episode how absurd the 3d shots are everything between pop out snakes Rats on like boards, bales of hay being a harpoon um, coming at you. Uh, a harpoon gun shooting towards the camera. Uh, as I have, as I have constantly said, the eyeball popping out when they crush the guy's head. Um, a, tortoise. They have a yo-yo. They have a pitchfork. A um, plank of wood. There's the guy getting the machete to the crotch when he's doing his handstand. Um, <laughs> It's really, it's, it's absurd. I mean, and they have shallow, I mentioned was one of the, one of the, um, one of the, one of the worst, worst characters. I mean, just constantly faking his death, but it's like constantly like there are these double dates and like everyone's got these little dates and then it's like, they keep introducing these absurd characters. There's what I call the Tommy Chong character. They're constantly smoking weed. He's got the headband around. They get into a fuse box. Um, it's absurd. It's outrageous. It's very comical. Um, it's the introduction to the iconic hockey mask. Um, it's also um, um, sorry, not also anything. You can cut that. It's just, it's the it's the introduction to the iconic hockey mask, but it's also done so in a very um, just a hilarious manner. Um, they got the bad biker gang, the '80s biker gang. There's a whole sequence where they go into the barn and one by one they get picked off, and it's really just. It's not, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's not good. Nothing about this movie is good. There's even the ending where, like, you see mutant Jason taking off his mask and, you know, he's, uh, well, they have the first J- fake Jason death where they're hanging him and he's dead, but he's not really dead. And then he pops out at the end, this mutant Jason. Um, and then there's that, like, fake out death where supposed to be Mrs. Voorhees popping out of the water and it's like a, it looks like a, it looks like a, a, a animatronic from Spirit Halloween. It's got the sunken eyes, and it just grabs the person, the, the girl. She's, I don't know. 
we could, if you want to hear it, we did a whole episode about it, but it's just really at the end of the day, part three, because of that push, that, that 3d that gives it that push. Like I didn't, I didn't watch in 3d. I don't have my 3d glasses, unfortunately, but um, the, the absurdity <laughs> alone makes me want to rewatch it. Like I'd have to find the right state of mind. And for me to want to rewatch these movies, um, holds a certain kind of value to it. Um, and just for the record, I'll close with this, um, is that I have, I, I pushed uh, for, for, for Steven and I to do Friday the 13th because I know how entertaining this franchise is. And this is that middle ground where it's like, you, it still feels like that 80s um, um, kind of camping, woodsy kind of... Um, uh, adventure horror movie, if you will. Not really. I mean, it's just they got a guy with the eyeball. It's very, but it's just very it's, slasher, right? And it's like absurdly comical moments and ridiculously um, funny um, sequences. But it's just I don't I don't know. I I it's it's the one I come I look back to and I smile more than anything. Um, Where's that smile? It did smile. It's it's yeah it's. It's very Friday Thirteenth for all the right and wrong reasons. Um, so I, it's, I went with my gut, and there it is. Pretty good. Uh, I clearly liked it. That was my number three. Um, yes, of course. But my number one is part one. Uh, I just think it is the most unique of the bunch. The twist at the end is still. Um, I mean, I knew what the twist was, but I think that the twist pays off every time. It's kind of like Psycho in that regard. In fact, I think I referred to it as the reverse Psycho in that podcast because instead of the mother being in the son, the son is in the mother. Um, very sexual. Um, very, very sexual. Some very Oedipus stuff going on there. Uh, I just, again, I think it was very unique and... I don't think that bringing Jason in was a mistake. Don't get me wrong, because we've had a lot of fun with the following movies. I just feel like Friday the 13th Part 1 is the most complete of them all. And you don't really necessarily even need the rest of them. Uh, and... For its time, it was it's just a fun, classic horror slasher movie. It's one of the iconic movies that made other movies in its future. So for all those reasons, it's number one. I'd say it's pretty good, Stephen. That's a good that's a good note to go out on. Yeah, well, we gotta do final thoughts on the whole franchise. So Josh of course. tell me. Final thoughts. Um, Go. This is this was a good rewatch. This was I've been meaning for the last couple of years. Friday the Thirteenth. You and I happen to come across the most ample opportunity for me to find a reason to do it. Um, like many tasks in life, and many um, actual responsibilities in life, sometimes it takes accountability. I knew if you would be watching with me, I'd feel that much more inclined to want to stick with it. Uh, rather than just go like, hey, this is stupid. This is as, as good or as bad as I remember. Let me turn it off or let me continue. But to, the fact that you and I have been doing this project, um, you and I have been doing this show, and I it made it that much better, I would not, 
I, I really, knowing myself, I don't think I actually would have bit the bullet and watched them all this year. Watching just these again has reignited an appreciation for this franchise. As a horror movie fan, horror is uh, the folks who couldn't tell by all my pick of the weeks and strange dark comments every now and again. Um, I, I, the horror genre is my favorite of all cinema genres and Friday the 13th hits that very particular spot where it's both engaging and fun and horrific but also incredibly funny and comical and self-aware and silly and stupid and that's kind of I guess in the end what I want from my horror movies I either want the full-blown gothic serious uh demonic and whatever or I want it to be kind of chaotic and silly and, and laughable um I guess like Evil Dead would kind of be that be that middle meet that middle ground where I'm like, hey, this is the one that kind of like packs it all in. But Evil Dead hits it on all cylinders. They really do, um, and I love it for that reason for all the, all the reasons. But um, I've uh, never appreciated this franchise more than now because I think as someone who's spent a good portion of my life simply watching movies and then like making my own personal analyzations of them. I've been able to watch these from a self-aware point of view in a way I never really had. When I binged this on AMC Fear Fest years ago, I was like, hey, these are fun, they're, they're silly, they're stupid, and I'm entertained by them. And now I'm kind of like, I still feel that way, but I see the changes in all the movies, and I see where the direction uh, hits new highs and lows, and where everything between the production decisions and the adjacent decisions decisions and then the the story itself and the continuity and it's just so ridiculous but it's like i completely respect that it's gained the following it has because of how many zigzagging directions it's taken arguably than any other franchise has it taken the directions it has um i mean for there even being like eight saw movies it's kind of like the same stuff it's kind of like hey let's just torture people and chop them up in different ways where friday the 13th it's like let's put him on a cruise and say he's going to manhattan he's going to hell but he's really just possessing other people and then let's take him to space like the franchise was never boring for me as a whole even in the worst entries where i was like anticipating an ending i was never actually bored because i was always waiting for the next movie so it's cool uh, for as a horror fan um this was a great rewatch for me and i'm glad that we did it so i'm gonna sign off on that note <laughs> um please tell the well, folks at home your thought your final thoughts like you said if it was not for this uh project i would most likely not be watching these movies at all um especially as you get deep into the sweatier lore of it all, I probably would not have made it past three uh, if we weren't doing this. On a typical day, this is probably not my go-to franchise or go-to um, film as a whole. That being said, though, I think that it was overall a fun and uh, well worth it worthwhile experience uh i saw different kinds of films that i would not normally sit down and watch for that reason it's interesting and new to me to talk about uh the franchise as a whole from an analytic 
perspective, not necessarily my feelings. I think that as a whole, it is one of them, like Josh said, it is one of the most zigzagging uh, franchises of all time. Uh, where it starts and where it ends are two completely different points. And it ta- I feel like it has so many different turns every two movies, you know? Uh, like I said, one through four are arguably one set of movies. Five, uh, you can take or leave. You know, Tommy is technically in it. How many years later, we leak. have no idea. It was a real gas leak. But then when you get to the rest of them, I feel like they're folk tales that people have told about Jason more than they actually happened. You know, if you were like sitting at the at Camp Crystal Lake having a bonfire, uh, smoking pot, having premarital sex, these are the <laughs> stories you'd be telling. But it's a great way of putting it. I think as a whole, I've been saying this word a whole bunch this uh, podcast, but it was fun. I had fun watching most of them. You know, there were two that were extremely painful, but the rest were (laughs) at least entertaining. Yeah, of course. And they were a breeze, an hour and a half each. I guess those are my final thoughts on Friday the 13th. Jason, you are gone, but you are not forgotten because I'm quite sure they will make a movie about you again. It's inevitable. It's been in uh, production hell. No pun intended for the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just hopefully when the, if they do it again, just keep it simple. You know, put to. Jason in a camp and that's all you really need. You don't need to go back to space. As fun as that is, you just, you don't need it. Keep it Honestly, simple. like I said, you really didn't need to bring Jason back at all numerous no. times. <laughs> it says a lot about... Um, what people have wanted from this franchise, that he came back as often as he did. I just feel like this franchise is a testament to how far you can milk something. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, we didn't even cover Freddy vs. Jason or the remake. Oh boy. I've never seen the remake, but I have seen Freddy vs. Jason and woof. When you make Jason the good guy, that's never a good place to be. Really says something. All right. Uh, as always, we are not giving a pick of the week. We are giving a pick of the topic. So within the Friday the franchise, Friday the 13th franchise, which film do you recommend? Um, I'm going to go with part four, the, the final chapter. Very classy, very, very smooth. Okay, cool. Uh, for my pick, I'm going to go with Jason X. Fuck it. Yeah. See where it ends. Have some fun. Absolutely. And now I think it is time, Josh, to announce the next topic. And would you like to announce it? We are unveiling, Stephen and I, for our next topic. Drum roll, please. It is going to be Disney, the golden age. Uh, uh, This is specifically going to be covering the animated starting 1937 when animation became a thing um steven and i landed on this very specific spot where i have uh not been known to gravitate towards 
lots of animated kid-friendly films these days, but I feel like I need to get in touch with my inner child. Now, you can help me out here, and we'll, you can segue into you. We talk. are going to be doing the Disney Golden Age and Wartime Age, which spans... And, war, and Wartime, okay. And Wartime, which spans from Snow White down to, uh, the, what's it called? The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Now, I just want to say this upcoming season will be a hybrid of the previous seasons. So we will be covering the first five uh, or the six. The Golden Age will we be... We'll be covering the Golden Age our typical way. We will be back to synopses and running down the list. Uh, and then uh, six through uh, 11... So that will be Saludos Amigos, The Three Caballeros, Make Mine Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Medley Time, and The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad will be condensed. We'll be doing two movies per episode, just like we did with Friday the 13th. And hopefully it'll be fun. That'd be cool. I think it's going to be experiment. I think it'll be fun and wacky uh, and very different for us. Um, for those at home, uh, you know, early listeners, um, Stephen and I are trying to kind of do a roller coaster of our topics and find something that clashes with the topic before. At least that's kind of how uh, it's an easy way to break it down. Something that is going to be a breath of fresh air or something that is different or something that will be a change of pace. Um, so after doing 10, uh, 10 movies of Jason Voorhees or 10 Friday 13th films, um, this is, I think that we, we both agree that it's a logical choice. Yeah, we started with a psychotic serial killing mother uh, with Friday the 13th. And when we get to Disney, we're going to be starting with a psychotic murderous stepmother. So yes. it's a real big difference. I, I completely agree. This is really going to be different for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's where we're going to end it. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Philmart. And we will see you next time.